I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. Today we're looking at eight of the Psalms. Psalms 1, 2, 15, 22, 23, 24, 47, and 68. In Psalm 1, we have the righteous before God compared to the unrighteous. Verse 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chafe which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now in this psalm we have a comparison between the plight of the righteous and the plight of the unrighteous. While it doesn't say so, many accept that David wrote this psalm. Verses 1 through 3 capture the essence of a life committed to God, while verses 4 through 6 do the same for those who reject God. It's the difference between blessings or cursings. Now, in Psalm 2, we have a messianic psalm. Verse 1, Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord hath said unto me, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. Ask of me, and I shall give thee the heathen for thine inheritance, and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now, therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear, and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and ye perish from the way, when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. Now, this psalm gets considerable mention in the New Testament with regard to Christ. As recorded by all three synoptic gospels in Matthew 3.17, Mark 1.11, and Luke 3.22, we see here that verse 7 of this familiar psalm seems likely to be the purpose of God's voice from heaven at the baptism of Jesus by John the Baptist, saying, Thou art my beloved Son, in thee I am well pleased. Now we see in Acts the acceptance of David's authorship of Psalm 2, even though it's not specifically stated. We see that in Acts chapter 4, verses 25 through 28. Here's what it says in those verses. Who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage, and the people imagine vain things? 
the kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together, for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. We further see in this passage that it was accepted that Psalm 2 was a direct reference to the Messiahship of Christ. Paul also quotes from this psalm in Acts chapter 13, verses 32 and 33. Here's what those verses say. And we declare unto you glad tidings, how that the promise which he was made unto the fathers, God hath fulfilled the same unto us, their children, in that he hath raised up Jesus again, as it is also written in the second psalm, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I mentioned that that's quoted from Psalm 2-7. Furthermore, Psalm 2-7 is quoted as a reference to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 5, as well as, again, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 5. Therefore, while not specifically stated in the psalm itself, this psalm is most definitely messianic and refers to Jesus himself as that future Messiah. In Psalm 15, we have a psalm about the holy hill. The subtitle to this one says, A Psalm of David, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Now, here's what the Expositor's Bible Commentary says regarding verse 1 here. The complementary usage of sanctuary and your holy hill suggests the background of a pilgrimage to Mount Zion, God's holy hill. There, David had first placed a tent for the Ark of the Covenant in 2 Samuel 6, verses 1 through 19. On that site, the tent was later replaced by the magnificent Temple of Solomon. The word sanctuary, the Hebrew word being ohel, it's a technical term for the tabernacle of God among Israel. Now, in this psalm, Psalm 2, David outlines the outward traits of those who have an abiding relationship with God as follows. That person with that abiding relationship walks uprightly, verse 2, practices righteousness in verse 2, and also in verse 2 speaks the truth. In verse 3, we see that he does not backbite, does no kind of evil to his neighbor, and does not seek to damage the reputation of others. In verse 4, we see that he shuns those who defy God, embraces those who love God, and honors his promises and his oaths in verse 4. And then in verse 5, we see that he doesn't experience financial gain at the plight of others. That brings us to Psalm 22. David goes from suffering in this one to praise. If the subtitle to this one says, To the chief musician upon Aizaleth, Shehar, a psalm of David. Verse 1, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring, O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and am not silent. 
But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee, and were delivered. They trusted in thee, and were not confounded. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. They gaped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a pot shared, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws. And thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierced my hands and my feet. I may tell all my bones, they look and stare upon me, they part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. But be not thou far from me, O Lord, O my strength, haste thee to help me, deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog." Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast heard me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. Ye that fear the Lord, praise him, all ye the seed of Jacob. Glorify him, and fear him, all ye the seed of Israel. For he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Neither hath he hid his face from him. But when he cried unto him, he heard. My praise shall be of thee in the great congregation. I will pay my vows before them that fear him. The meek shall eat and be satisfied. They shall praise the Lord that seek him. Your heart shall live forever. All the ends of the world shall remember and turn unto the Lord, and all the kindreds of the nations shall worship before thee. For the kingdom is the Lord's, and he is the governor among the nations. All they that be fat upon earth shall eat and worship. All they that go down to the dust shall bow before him, and none can keep alive his own soul. A seed shall serve him. It shall be accounted to the Lord for a generation. They shall come and shall declare his righteousness unto a people that shall be born, that he hath done this. Now David is mentioned in the introductory title as the author of this psalm. Regarding the introduction found at the beginning of the psalm, the Aizaleth Shehar is the hind of the dawn, a name found in the title of Psalm 22 only. It's probably the name of some song or tune to the measure of which the psalm was to be chanted. Some, however, understand by the name some instrument of music or an allegorical allusion to the subject of the psalm itself. Now we see the transition from suffering to praise taking place in verse 25. And notice that Christ draws from this psalm when he's on the cross in Matthew 27:46. At first glance, it would seem that David is talking of his own relationship with God here, and that this passage is not meant to be messianic. 
However, Jesus' words from the cross were, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Now that's an exact quotation of David in this psalm. This statement identified his suffering with that of David and sealed into the minds of those familiar with the psalms that this was, in fact, the Messiah identifying with the suffering of David. Now add to that the messianic implications of verse 15, where it says, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Well, this is exactly what the Roman soldiers did after the crucifixion of Jesus in John chapter 19, verses 23 and 24, where it's recorded. And that's where John points out to his readers that this is a fulfillment of the prophecy found here in Psalm 22:18. Now, it's for that reason that whether David was speaking of his own adversities or not, the work of the Messiah was in clear view and recognized as such by the gospel writers. That brings us to the familiar psalm, Psalm 23, where the subtitle renders it as a writing of David, a psalm of David. Verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, in this familiar psalm, David personalizes his relationship with God. He expresses the confidence he has in God by the analogy of the good shepherd and his sheep. Christ was certainly depending on the familiarity of the Pharisees with this psalm when he used this same analogy in John chapter 10, verses 1 through 21. In that passage, the Jewish leadership had forsaken their flock, and that's something a good shepherd just would never, never do. That brings us to Psalm 24, and we find in this psalm what you need to know about God. Again, this one is ascribed to David when it says in the subtitle, A Psalm of David, verse 1. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord, or who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully. He shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is the generation of them that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob, Selah. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts, he is the King of glory, Selah. This psalm of David simply praises the Lord God Jehovah. We see God is shown in three capacities in this psalm, as the Creator God in verses 1 and 2, the Holy God in verses 3 through 6, and the glorious king in verses 7 through 10. Psalm 47. 
This is a praise song. The subtitle to this one says, To the Chief Musician, A Psalm for the Sons of Korah. Verse 1. O clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved, Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth, sing ye praises with understanding. God reigneth over the heathen, God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham, for the shields of the earth belong unto God, he is greatly exalted. While the authorship here is not given for this psalm, but do note in the introduction, it says the Korahites, or these people, by the way, the sons of Korah, are first listed in Numbers chapter 26, verse 58, among the chief Levitical families. In the description of the temple assignments in First Chronicles chapter 26, the Korahites are listed as gatekeepers. Notice what's said about the Korahites in the genealogical record found in First Chronicles chapter 6, verse 31. Here's what it says. And these are they whom David set over the service of song in the house of the Lord, after that the ark had rest. The Korahites were David's designated musician. The psalm itself is just all about victory. That brings us to Psalm 68 in today's reading. Yahweh, the divine warrior. The subtitle to this one says, To the Chief Musician, a Psalm or Song of David. Let God arise, let his enemies be scattered, let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But let the righteous be glad, let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God, sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. A father of the fatherless and a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. O God, when thou wentest forth before thy people, when thou didst march through the wilderness, Selah. The earth shook, the heavens also dropped at the presence of God. Even Sinai itself was moved at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Thou, O God, didst send a plentiful rain, whereby thou didst confirm thine inheritance when it was weary. Thy congregation hath dwelt therein. Thou, O God, hast prepared of thy goodness for the poor. The Lord gave the word. Great was the company of those that published it. King of armies did flee apace, and she that tarried at home divided the spoil. Though ye have lion among the pots, yet shall ye be as the wings of a dove covered with silver, and her feathers with yellow gold. When the Almighty scattereth kings in it, it was white as snow and salmon. The hill of God is as the hill of Bashan, and high hill as the hill of Bashan. Why leap ye, ye high hills? This is the hill which God desireth to dwell in. Yea, the Lord will dwell in it forever. 
The chariots of God are twenty thousand, even thousands of angels. The Lord is among them, even as in Sinai, in the holy place. Thou hast ascended on high. Thou hast led captivity captive. Thou hast received gifts for men. Yea, for the rebellious also, that the Lord God might dwell among them. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with the benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He that is our God is the God of salvation, and unto God the Lord belong the issues from death. But God shall wound the head of his enemies, and the hairy scalp of such an one as goeth on still in his trespasses. The Lord said, I will bring again from Bashan, I will bring my people again from the depths of the sea, that thy foot may be dipped in the blood of thine enemies, and the tongue of thy dogs in the same. They have seen thy goings, O God, even the goings of my God, my King, in the sanctuary. The singers went before, the players on instruments followed after, among them were the damsels playing with timbrels. Bless ye God in the congregations, even the Lord from the fountain of Israel. There is little Benjamin with their ruler, the princes of Judah and their council, the princes of Zebulun and the princes of Naphtali. Thy God hath commanded thy strength. Strengthen, O God, that which thou hast wrought for us. Because of thy temple at Jerusalem shall kings bring presents unto thee. Rebuke the company of spearmen, the multitude of the bulls, with the calves of the people, till every one submit himself with pieces of silver. Scatter thou the people that delight in war. Princes shall come out of Egypt. Ethiopia shall soon stretch out her hands unto God. Sing unto God, ye kingdoms of the earth. O sing praises unto the Lord, Selah. To him that rideth upon the heavens of heavens, which were of old, lo, he doth send out his voice, and that a mighty voice. Ascribe ye strength unto God. His excellency is over Israel, and his strength is in the clouds. O God, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. Now this one's attributed to David in the introduction. It's one of the longer psalms. It seems to center around Yahweh, the divine warrior, who comes to deliver his people in Mount Zion. The psalm also has some prophetic implications because of its usage, verse 18, by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8. And that verse, by the way, speaks of the delivery of the Old Testament saints to heaven by Jesus Christ after his resurrection. Since this psalm focuses on the power of God, it's most interesting to note the different Hebrew designations found here for God himself. Most of these are familiar Hebrew to English translations with which we're familiar. Here's what we find in this chapter. Elohim translated God in verse 1. Yah translated Jah in verse 4. This is an abbreviated form, by the way, of Yahweh. El Shaddai translated the Almighty in verse 14. Yahweh, also sometimes pronounced Jehovah, translated LORD in all caps in verse 16. Yah Elohim translated LORD GOD in verse 18. Adonai translated LORD, capital L, small o-r-d, in verse 19. Yahweh Adonai translated God the LORD in verse 20. Now note, since the name Yahweh is consistently translated LORD in all caps, 
The King James editors chose to write God in all capital letters to reflect the substitution here. They apparently thought it would be confusing to write Lord, the Lord, Lord in all caps, the Lord with just a capital L. So they called it God, the Lord instead. This psalm is rich with allusions to Israel's history of God's provision. Verse 35 nicely summarizes when it says, O God, thou art terrible out of thy holy places. The God of Israel is he that giveth strength and power unto his people. Blessed be God. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Fayette Bible Church, Paul Walker.